Hello, everybody. It's Jeff with the Fantasy Doctors, and this is the Fantasy Doctors Podcast, the only podcast on the web where you can get expert injury analysis and accurate recovery timetables from board-certified physicians and orthopedic surgeons. And as we all know, many fantasy championships are won on the waiver wire. And how you do that? Well, you got to know accurate timetables, when a player will come back from injury, and how effective he'll be when he does come back. Uh, and with me, as always, is my partner. He's an orthopedic surgeon. He's a Duke professor. His name is Dr. Celan Perek, and he's the fantasy doctor. Dr. Perek, how are you doing today? Good, man. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing real good. We've got a lot of injuries. It was a busy week uh, for the fantasy doctors this week. The injuries are piling up. Uh, we have a busy I, podcast today. Yeah, I know. It's been crazy. Uh, you know, week one or episode one for us was all about quarterbacks. And this week, it's kind of flipped, and, and we got lots of wide receivers to talk about, which should be of interest to our fantasy owners, as if they've either drafted or they're going to be drafting this weekend, we know this is going to be important information for them to know. Yeah, and we, have you ever seen so many torn ACLs? I mean, in, in the preseason, the amount of players going down with torn, torn ACLs is astronomical. I've never seen it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. It, it's interesting you bring that up because every single preseason, it shocks me the number of ACL tears that we see. And it almost is epidemic every single preseason. And it seems to quiet down through the regular season. And, you know, we get asked all the time, why are we seeing all these ACL tears? Is it because of the sheer number of, of exposures with all these athletes trying to make the teams versus being deconditioned? And, and it, or does the turf have something to do with it? And, and it's curious because I think the answer is yes to all of them. I think, you know, I think it is that we've got more athletes exposed to possibly getting hurt. More of these athletes are still not in optimal NFL game time shape. But we know that the surfaces, the biomechanics, the neuromuscular training, the cleats you wear, the size of your spikes, they all play a role in the ACL tears. And, and we see it, unfortunately, play out in the preseason, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, and we're not even, and we're not talking scrubs either. We're talking um, fantasy compelling players that we're going to contribute big time in the fantasy game this year. So I want to bring in, we have a special guest this week. Uh, he's a board certified physician, uh, and he also happens to be a fantasy junkie like myself, and he also happens to be in second place in our fantasy baseball league. Uh, to me, I'm in first place, but. That's neither here nor there. Uh, his name is Dr. Jesse Morris. Dr. Morris, how you doing today? I'm doing good. A little bitter about second place, but I'm okay. Yeah, um, cool. I'll just leave it right there, and you, we'll just let it marinate, and we can talk after the show. How's that? <laughs> no bitterness on the show, guys. No bitterness on the show. <laughs> uh, well, we're here today to talk about football, naturally. Yes, I wanted to piggyback briefly about those ACL tears. Um, they're, yes, they're hitting more and more. Uh, there has been 26 so far. I think I tallied 13 have been in quote unquote practice and 13 in preseason games. Uh, and then we still have, you know, at least basically one more week of preseason. So hopefully, uh, no more major injuries to stars, so to speak, but yeah, um, unfortunate and season ending for all of them. Well, guys, actually, you know, that yeah. brings up an important question because, you know, the NFL is, is really stuck with this whole concept of 
four preseason games, and we see it all the time on social media. We get the questions. You know, what does the NFL do? Do they decrease the number of preseason games? Do they change up the way the preseason happens? I mean, I'm, I'm curious to know. What do you guys think? I'll chime in real fast, Jesse. I, you know, you can almost see it going towards like the college game and not having any preseason games, right? And just um, going right in, getting your athletes and players as prepared as you can, um, and not, you know, exposing them to that possible season-ended injury, and maybe not even having preseason games and and just using the first game as a tune-up. Uh, what do you think, Jesse? Um, I think that they should definitely decrease the amount of preseason games by maybe one or two, but I think the owners will may, and, and, and TV networks may balk at that because they still get a lot of revenue from these games. Uh, I saw a stat this morning on Twitter that uh, the most recent Patriots game versus the Lions actually did five times the amount of viewers than the most recent Red Sox game. Who and, and I'm from Boston, and we're wow. crazy about our Red Sox. So even though it's a preseason game, there's still a lot of people watching. Um, so, but Jesse, yeah, you know, I'm a Yankee fan. I'm a Yankee fan. Do you really blame them? Come on now, seriously. <laughs> True. You know, the Patriots got to get outwatched, even they're in the preseason versus the Red Sox. At least that's what I believe as a Yankee fan. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. But all I know is that the injuries uh, are costing players and teams millions of dollars um and they it, it is it's unfortunate that i don't think they'll expand the nfl season at least it wouldn't go easily so right. uh, it remains in what exactly they're going to do uh but there's definitely an increase uh in in, in 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 injuries of important injuries i'll say uh in terms of big name players or so it seems yeah. no absolutely well he just he just took a dig at your Red Sox, and I'm giving you a hard time about your fantasy baseball. So we're going to go. We're going to get right into these injuries. Um, we have some big. I'm going to start off with probably the biggest injury uh, that we've had in the preseason, and this talks. This kind of hits on the uh, aforementioned ACL injuries, and that's Julie, Julian Edelman, who suffered the torn ACL, is going to be out for the season. Uh, Doctor Freck, how do you? How do you envision his recovery going? And obviously he's out for the season. Um, Kind of break down what he's going to go through in his um, procedure and recovery and then how effective he'll be when he gets back. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously with your ACL, we know um, if you're looking to get back on the playing field, you're going to need a reconstruction, and he's going to have that. Um, From all reports that we're getting, there is no associated injury like a meniscus tear or any other ligament involved in this scenario. So it's a plain ACL, and I say plain, but, you know, you shouldn't take it so lightly. It can take 9 to 11 months for him to get back on the playing field. The surgery is really, although technically can be difficult and has to be done well, that's the easiest part of this whole process over the next 9 to 11 months. The vast majority of this work is going to be rehab, 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 working on motion, strength, neuromuscular training him, and getting him back into a form that hopefully he can get back within 9 to 11 months and start the 2018 preseason uh, running out there with the rest of the team. Now, we know that, you know, there are guys who make it down, you make it back in six months, but that is not the norm, and that shouldn't be expected. I think, you know, 9 to 11 months is reasonable. If he were to miraculously get, you know, be done in six months, well, the season would be over anyway, and he'd be gearing up for 2018. Right. 
And uh, Jesse, as we know, I mean, this is one of Tom Brady's favorite targets. He had 98 receptions in 2016, over 1,100 yards with only three touchdowns. But it plays an important part, possession receiver, very tough, hard to tackle. And he played, more importantly, in all 16 games last year and, and then went on into the postseason. How do you see this impacting the Patriots in terms of fantasy, Tom Brady, and the rest of the offense there in New England? Yeah, I mean, this is a, a big blow, but not devastating, so to speak. Just, just speaks to how deep uh, the Patriots offensively are. Uh, Edelman is kind of like an extension of the running game sometimes with those dink and dunk passes from Brady and kind of that Swiss Army knife that that created matchup nightmares between him and Gronk and, and whatnot. I mean, the newly acquired Brandon Cooks and uh, Dwayne Allen, the tight end from the Colts, uh, will, will definitely help. I think uh, Chris Hogan will be uh, an improved uh, this year after knowing the offense, and Amendola is still around. Um you know, Malcolm Mitchell uh, will be in his uh, second year or really knowing the offense, and he'll be very helpful. And then they have this rookie, his name is Austin Carr, who kind of reminds me of Edelman when he plays. He's kind of the same size and whatnot. So we'll see if he actually makes the team. And then you've got, uh, you know, some running backs that are that are really helpful and, and pass catching uh, with Deion Lewis and James White and then Rex Burkhead as well. So I don't think it'll be one person. I think um, Gronk, who hasn't been mentioned yet, will also be there healthy, hopefully, uh, for the whole season. So I think they'll uh, kind of use a, a bunch of different a bunch of different people, um, you know. And, and Hogan's value has already shot up tremendously. And Brandon Cooks, is, he went from kind of lower teams wide receiver to the number – he's currently ranked number 10 in PPR leagues. Well, you know, Jesse, that, yeah, you almost... it's pretty – you know, you've kind of – named a bunch of names, which really points to the brilliance of Bill Belichick. I mean, that's the one thing that you know, the Patriots have always been notorious for. They, the whole season does not hinge on one guy. So you lose a marquee receiver like Edelman, there's a lot of guys who are vets and and guys who are in the wings that can fill in the blank. And, and I'll tell you, I, from my perspective, I don't think this is going to really be much of – of a hitch to their offense, especially with all of the new acquisitions they, they got. So I think they're full steam ahead. And I, I think that uh, Brady's still going to have a, a stellar team and, and he's going to have a stellar year. And I think that uh, he's still, he's still one of the top QBs to pick up. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I think personally, obviously Chris Hogan gets a big boost because um, he's more of the possession type receiver um, can also stretch the field a little bit. You almost see Brandon cooks, being that guy that does stretch the field. So perhaps Chris Hogan will absorb some of those uh, possession receptions there for Julian Edelman. Hey, guys, let's move on to the next uh, big injury of the preseason, and that's Spencer Ware, who suffered a torn PCL and LCL injury. Um, he you know, was expected to maybe even split work with Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is shooting. His ADP is, is skyrocketing now, being drafted in the third round. Uh, Dr. Preck, let's talk briefly about this injury, the PCL and LCL injury. Uh, what's your expectations for Ware? So, you know, if you look at the video for what Ware's knee injury, it didn't look that bad. And there was some suggestion that you know, maybe it was going to be a sprain. And, and from the one view that I could see from the media, it didn't look serious. So when it came down that it, he had a PCL and an LCL tear, then I, I started getting worried because – um, there is a structure or an area of the knee called the posterior lateral corner. 
if you kind of touch the outer back part of your knee, this is the area we're really talking about. And this is a critical area for stability, rotational stability of the knee. And this is what he's hurt. And the problem is, unlike an ACL that is pretty reliable in its surgery and its recovery, the posterior lateral corner is not. And so, uh, you know, you've heard it here from, from the fantasy doctors that this is going to be a long recovery. Nine to 11 months would be optimistic. Um, I think it might be in the middle of next season, but this could also potentially be a career-ending injury. That's how bad these posterior lateral corner injuries can be. Wow. So um, I don't think he's out of the woods, and, and unless he starts, you know, um, next in 2018 really showing some progress, um, I would not be surprised at this end of his career. Wow. And we already know that Kareem Hunt was going to be heavily involved there in Kansas City, Jesse. Uh, where rushed for almost a thousand yards last year at 921 with three touchdowns, and then he also caught three touchdowns. So, uh, aside from the obvious, a Kareem Hunt stepping up there in Kansas City, how do you see this impact in the Chiefs, Jesse? Yeah, this is gonna this this kind of hurts them, but I think Kareem Hunt is going to take a huge step forward. The the rookie out of the University of Toledo, he's not quite the bruiser that that where is, but he's definitely going to be relied upon a lot and he'll, he'll probably get, you know, the, the uh, lion's share of the you know, carries right out the gate. He went from kind of a seventh, eighth round pick to a, a third round pick. I mean, he literally improved his stock uh, in a matter of overnight. You also have Sharkhandrick West and CJ Spiller, who kind of the now second and third running backs who will help. Um, Tyreek Hill will have to play a role. Um, and then Travis Kelsey, I think, will play even bigger role this year, catching up even more um, um, touchdowns, which he was a monster last year. So all of them will improve. I personally uh, went after Hunt pretty early because I think he'll be uh, pretty important in, in the run-heavy scheme in Kansas City. Um, and he's kind of going around the same area as Christian McCaffrey and, and, and Dalvin Cook. Who uh, is about? That's about right. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a little bit hard to envision them giving him twenty carries a game, and and like you said, that West and even Spiller could be involved there. Um, I'm not sure they're going to use Hunt as the bell cow. He's not a real big back, but definitely um, huge boost for uh, Kareem Hunt. Uh, let's go on to uh, Jeremy Hill, guys, who he left the uh, Bengals' third preseason game with an ankle injury. Um, the specifics are not yet known, really, uh, of how severe this injury is. Uh, but we're very, you know, so close to the season, you have to be a little bit concerned in what was already a pretty crowded backfield. Uh, what's your expectations for Jeremy Hill, Dr. Preck, and uh, as we're getting super close to week one? Yeah, you know, in and of itself, I'm not that concerned. If you look at the video, it doesn't look that severe. Um, we don't have any specifics whether this was a low or high ankle sprain. So let's take worst-case scenario. This is a high ankle sprain. That's usually a two- to four-week recovery. So the two-week mark puts him right about, uh, you know, game one of the season. So I think he's going to be fine. Um, I can't envision that this is going to be um, a long-term problem for sure. But even – something that would keep him out game one. Okay, yeah. And, you know, injury might even be the least of uh, concerns for Jeremy Hill owners. I mean, in a, you know, we got 
uh, Bernard and now Mixon in the backfield too, that they're all going to be, there's a lot of mouths to feed in that backfield, Jesse. How do you uh, see, what do you see for Hill's uh, role in that offense and how do you think it'll affect Bernard and Mixon? Well, I mean, regardless of what we know about the injury, um, Hill did start the first three preseason games and he was kind of expected to share the work world with Bernard um, but Hill was supposed to be the primary goal line back. The issue with Hill already before the injury was that he was struggling. I mean, he was only going about 3.8 yards per carry, 18 carries, almost 70 yards. So now if he really misses any time, rookie Joe Mixon out of Oklahoma just could be, you know, take over. He by far has looked like the most impressive back in Cincinnati this preseason, uh, you know, going for seven, almost 80 yards over eight, uh, 20 carries and added uh, three catches for a little over 30 yards. Uh, I'm personally pretty high on Mixon, and I think it's only a matter of time before he takes over. Um, uh, as far as Hill, he really wasn't being drafted high at all. He was kind of uh, in the 50th range for, for PPR and, and, and standard leagues, a little less than that. But Mixon was already being targeted much sooner, and uh, he's actually increased even more at 18th now for uh, PPR leagues um, uh, around the late third round, early fourth round. And I think he's uh, the uh, the better back out of any of them, and he's going to uh, run with it once he gets the opportunity, whether it's week one or a, a little later in the season. Yeah, I watched that game yesterday, and Mixon looks good. I mean, he's a downhill runner. He's a he's knocking people over, and he's got some shiftiness too. I, yeah, I think it was a foregone conclusion that Mixon was going to take over that lead back role, and this could just uh, make that happen a little bit sooner. Okay, let's move on now uh, to another player that suffered a season ending season ending uh, ACL tear, and that's Cameron Meredith. I was really high on Meredith this year. And they're also saying that there could be some other damage associated with this injury. Uh, Dr. Preck, which aside from, we know that he's going to be out for the season, uh, right. them terming that, you know, there could be other damage. What do you see there for Meredith? So it sounds like he might have a meniscus tear and of the severity of things going on in that knee, if it's a meniscus, that's not that big of a deal. It's really the ACL that it kind of supersedes everything. So just like with Edelman, you know, nine to 11 months for him to get back. But just as you said, I mean, that's a big loss for the Bears. For a lot of owners, um, Cameron Meredith was going to be one of their top picks. So, you know, without Meredith now, you got to start looking for other options. But um, a big loss for the Bears. Um, but he should be back next year. Yeah, and this was this is the Bears' number one receiver, Jesse, entering 2017. And uh, you could see some signs last year that he was going to be the guy there in Chicago. He caught. Uh, I think he had 100, or I'm sorry, 888 yards on 66 receptions and four touchdowns, and that's in 10 games played. So, what do you see being the impact there in Chicago? Who's going to step up in Meredith's place? And uh, well, and you know, with the questionable quarterback play there, I mean, what do you see as the impact being? Yeah, I like Meredith. Uh, he, he kind of opened some eyes last year. I, we really didn't think much about him until he started, you know, continually making plays. This is a big, big injury for the Bears, and they're going to have a long season. They're going to be awful. Uh, I mean, even their, their 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 next three wide receivers are Kevin White, who hasn't really ever shown anything despite his hype, Kendall Wright, who who just got there, and Deontay Thompson, who has potential, but we'll see. I mean, 
Uh, I think they're just going to stack – defenses are going to stack the box more against Jordan Howard and make it harder for him. I do like uh, veteran tight end Zach Miller is kind of increasing his value. He, he'll be helpful, uh, you know, blanket, so to speak, for either Glennon or whoever the quarterback is uh, at that time. Um, this is unfortunate. And he was um, – Meredith was kind of being drafted in the same range as Jordan Matthews and, and John Brown, Kenny Britt, Chris Hogan, and, and maybe Eric Decker. And I like all of those guys now uh, in place of him. But uh, unfortunate injury. And uh, besides the fact he'll be a restricted free agent uh, next year, so this is uh, kind of hard for him. So it remains to be seen what the Bears will do with him. Yeah, I, I like the Zach Miller call there. You can see him kind of picking up some of the slack there in Chicago. Their biggest challenge is going to be quarterback play, I think, and they got a good runner, so we'll see who steps up there in Chicago. Uh, let, let's talk about Tavon Austin, guys, uh, who seems like he's always injured. Uh, he doesn't seem to ever stay on the field. He flashes brilliance. He's very shifty, speedy receive, receiver, um, but is a pretty small in stature and doesn't seem to ever stay healthy. Uh, he's battling a hamstring injury. Uh, he's never played a full season. Uh, what do you see for him, Dr. Preck? Uh, we're obviously real close to the season. How do am- hamstring injuries affect athletes? Uh, and then how do they affect them throughout the season if they're not taken care of? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, he has that wrist surgery in the offseason, finally makes it back to camp, and then ends up with the hamstring issue. And hamstrings... You know, just like we were talking about ACLs earlier during preseason, hamstrings are another one of those big issues that come up. Yes, it doesn't need surgery, but, man, if you don't take care of it, this is one of those injuries that throughout the entire season can affect the play and performance of the athlete, especially for a wide receiver. So as they get tired, they get dehydrated early in the season when they're still getting conditioned, these these hamstrings can be re-aggravated. So I think the Rams have really done the right thing. They've shut him down. We haven't really seen him playing any preseason games. And even though they're saying, well, he could play this week if they wanted him to, but they're going to just keep him shut down, I think that's the right thing. Give him the rest he needs. Try to get him as healthy as possible because we know that a hamstring can become a recurrent issue. You know, the more important thing to me is even though he had some some flashes of brilliance last season, now with Sammy Watkins with the Rams, it's going to be really interesting to see how these guys interplay with one another and, and what Austin's real role will be. Hopefully, they're not going to rely on him as much, and if they don't have to rely on him as much, hopefully he stays healthy and can make a whole season. Yeah, and he's another guy that will have – I mean, his season will hinge on the ability of Jared Goff to to throw the ball, and we didn't see much from him last season. Supposedly, he's taken some steps forward uh, this year. Uh, Jesse, how do you see this? Uh, impacting the Rams, Jared Goff, uh, Sammy Watkins, and the other, uh, even Todd Gurley there uh, for the Rams? Um, I'm personally not very high on Austin. Um, he's not really even being drafted in the majority of leagues unless they're super deep. I mean, you've got to remember that this was a first-round pick. I mean, this is an eighth pick of the thir- 2013 draft out of West Virginia, and he hasn't really done anything of significance since he came in. I mean, he's averaging about – 30 to 50 catches a year. He's played almost every every game for the past uh, three years, almost four years. But unfortunately, he just never really has, has panned out the way they expected. Um, he, the good news is that he wasn't. He was really the wide receiver four there. You have Sammy Watkins now, Robert Woods coming from the also from the, the Bills, and uh, rookie Cooper Coop 
who I, I like and I think has potential. So uh, I think this really won't affect them at all. Uh, Goff, if he can improve, great. That will be good for everybody else. I don't think uh, – I'm pretty low on Austin. If he surprises people, great. Gurley will, will kind of be the important guy there, and I don't think this affects him either. Yeah, Austin's not really even a guy that's compelling in fantasy unless you're getting points for kick returns. Uh, let's talk about Tyrell Williams uh, for the Chargers. Many people tabbed him as being a guy that was going to contribute in the fantasy game uh, this season. He's battling a groin injury, Dr. Preck, and he didn't catch a pass all preseason, uh, missed the last three preseason games. Uh, again, how do you how do you envision this groin injury impacting Williams? And is this an injury that's going to bother him in the early part of the season? Yeah, it absolutely will. Just like the hamstring, unless you give it time to heal, this is something that can be a recurrent, aggravating injury. Again, with dehydration and overexhaustion. So early on in the season, um, especially the first one or two games, look for this to possibly be an issue and and really be something that affects his play. Um, now, the bigger concern is really is he going to contribute to the Chargers, and he just hasn't really shown much of uh, any flashes of any kind of brilliance in the preseason. But, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll have to see how the scoring really affects him. Yeah, I mean, he, we, it's obviously going to impact. The Chargers are already going to be without Mike Williams, uh, who's looking to return uh, possibly in October. So how do you see this impacting Philip Rivers, Jesse, and uh, Melvin Gordon, the rest of the offense uh, there? the Chargers. I like Williams this year. He had a surprisingly really good year last year, and he played all 16 games. He had almost 70 receptions, over 1,000 yards, which is, you know, impressive, seven touchdowns. I mean, he was important to the Chargers offense and to Phillip Rivers, who I like this year, kind of a sneaky late-round quarterback. Um, Hopefully this really doesn't bother him, but as we know, groin injuries can uh, linger, and they can re-aggravate if they're allowed to fully heal. Uh, right now, he's slotted in as their number two wide receiver with Keenan Allen coming back from a uh, 20 CL, I believe, from last year. Um, so I like him this year. Hopefully, this really doesn't bother him. Um, he's currently being kind of drafted in the late 30s for PPR leagues, which puts him uh, around the eighth round, closer to the ninth round. And I think that's a good spot for him. Uh, I wouldn't uh, shy away from him uh, due to this injury, at least unless you know, uh, they start saying it's a lot worse than we initially anticipated. Yeah, I'd love Keenan Allen this year. If he can, he's another guy that cannot seem to stay healthy, but when he's healthy, he's an elite receiver. And at his ADP this year, he could carry a lot of value if he stays on the field. I want to real quickly hit on Tyrod Taylor, guys, who is uh, remains in the concussion protocol and um, has had a dreadful summer um, doesn't look good. They've stripped him of all of his, all of his weapons. Uh, we won't spend much time on Taylor, but I just, uh, Dr. Preck, can you, uh, we, we know that concussions are really unpredictable as far as their return to play. Uh, how do you envision this going? Do you do, is he questionable to start the year? Uh, where do you see Taylor and his recovery from that concussion? Yeah, you know, he's got two more weeks to really uh, pass through the concussion protocol. I would imagine that he should be able to do that. Most concussions, uh, most athletes come back after a concussion within the first two weeks. So um, he's got another week and a half or so before the season really starts. So I imagine that he'll be coming back. You know, um, the Bills have have really, like you said, been stripped of all their offensive weapons. 
Uh, Taylor doesn't have much. And then, you know, Yates gets a concussion too, which is really crazy for the Bills. So they're just like the Bears are going to have a long year, I think the Bills are as well. Yeah, I agree with that. We're, Jesse, what do you see? Tyron Taylor's obviously not an exciting fantasy option, maybe if you're it's a really big league. Uh, how, how do you see this playing out for Taylor this year? Is he a guy that you're even slightly interested in fantasy? And if you're a guy that waits for quarterbacks in fantasy, what do you see there uh, in Buffalo? No, I, I don't. I won't target him. I mean, I, I take pretty much many of the quarterbacks before him, Philip Rivers, who we just talked about briefly, and, and Big Ben and uh, Mariota. I mean, there's a lot of guys I would really look for before him. I think uh, Tyrod's injury. I mean, I, he's got basically 13 days before the season starts, uh, and we know every every concussion is different, and we don't know how long he's going to take. But um, right now, it looks like Nathan Peterman is going to start for the Bills which is, you know, concerning. And he's starting versus the Jets, which is, you know, if there's any an easy win, I, I think that may be one of them for him in week one. So, I mean, this really impacts Jordan Matthews, who I actually like this year. I think uh, he can be Tyrod Taylor's new weapon. Uh, and then LaShawn McCoy may have more people in the box. And Big Jones, they're kind of number two, uh, may be impacted. So I don't really know much about Peterman, but hopefully Taylor gets back in the field and, and they can put up decent numbers. Yeah, they, the Bills never quite committed to Taylor as a long-term option there for quarter, as quarterback. Uh, so not entirely surprising there. Let's uh, let's let's move on to Corey Davis, you guys, who's battling a hamstring injury. He was in the he was the fifth overall pick in the draft. Uh, we have a healthy Mariota there uh, for the Titans. Uh, again, Doctor Preck, real quick, because we know these hamstring injuries can linger throughout the season. Uh, is this something that you see that's going to impact Davis uh, in the early going of the season and throughout the season? Well, you know, just like the Rams are really taking it cautious with Austin, I think the Titans are doing the same with Davis. He was walking through practice yesterday, um, but the anticipation is that uh, he will not play Thursday night for the final preseason game. And I think that's a wise thing. Give him extra time to rest. And, you know, let him be one of Mariota's weapons opening, you know, opening week. But, uh, um I don't think this is going to be something that's going to be a big issue for him uh, as the season opens up. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. He, what do you think Jesse in Tennessee, he's obviously got Eric Decker now and Mariota's healthy and has looked well in the preseason and had good showing. Do you see Corey Davis as being a fantasy contributor in 2017? Yeah. I mean, I think he could be kind of sneaky. I mean, Decker, I think is a sleeper in his own right. And he, he actually should be targeted a lot higher than he is, but I think between uh, Davis and Rashard Matthews, um, I think th- they're going to have a pretty solid offense, and he's going to surprise people. There's a reason why the Titans took them so high. I mean, uh, hamstring, as long as he can get over this and, and maybe sit out for week one or, or not do much in week one, I think he'll be you know, good to go. He's currently being drafted as the 43rd, kind of the mid-40s wide receiver, which puts him right around round 10, and I think that's uh, a great place for him. He, um, I, I'd personally draft him uh, later that area um, just because of his upside and who uh, who's throwing him the ball. Yeah, Mariota looks healthy, and uh, Corey Davis could very well be a strong contributor there for the Titans. Let's move on to Paxton Lynch, who's not. Obviously, he's behind Trevor Simeon in the pecking order. He's, he's uh, suffered a shoulder sprain, Dr. Preck. What do you see... 
for Paxton Lynch with that injury, is he going to recover in time to maybe push Trevor Simeon there for the Broncos? So I don't think so. You know, an AC sprain does not need surgery unless it's one of the higher grades. And we already know it's, it is not one of those high grades because he doesn't need surgery. But one of the things that's concerning is that the Broncos have already said he may miss week one and week two. So it, it, to me, this makes it a, a, a type two or maybe even a type three sprain, which limits his, his motion because pain is going to be what really bothers him. So if He's having pain. He really can't be contributing, which means they can't rely on him to be a backup for Trevor Simeon. So I I think really he's inconsequential for the first month of the season. And then maybe he he is breathing down Trevor Simeon's neck. But at that point, I think Trevor Simeon has either made a statement that, yes, he will be the quarterback for the Broncos this season, or he's going to be struggling, and they're going to look for Paxton Lynch to come in. Yeah, they they gave – Paxton Lynch, a really good look in the preseason, Jesse. He's never really taken that big step forward that the Broncos were hoping. Do you see him pushing Trevor Simeon at any point this season? You know, it's hard to tell. These these quarterbacks take so many hits. You never know. All it takes is one good hit from, you know, somebody trying to rush Simeon, and then he gets knocked out. And if Paxton Lynch, Lynch is out, then they're dealing with Kyle Slaughter. I mean, a, a a rookie out of uh, Northern Colorado, I believe. And then even Chad Kelly, if you remember him from Mississippi, he's kind of their fourth string also dealing with a wrist injury. I mean, so this, uh, I think Lynch has a, has potential this year if he can get healthy, if this doesn't continue to linger. Uh, I mean, this is going to impact Demarius Thomas. This is going to impact, uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders and Jamal Charles to a lesser extent, C.J. Anderson and maybe Virgil Green, their tight end. I mean, no, he's not being drafted, but by midseason, he could be important to all those aforementioned, you know, Broncos offensive players. Yeah, we and you know, it, it ties right into our next player, Demarius Thomas, who's battling an injury of his own. Uh, he's got a groin injury, uh, and he looks like he may not be 100% to start the season. Dr. Preck, uh, again, another groin injury. It seems like they've been uh, an epidemic as well as ACLs this preseason. Do you see this impacting Thomas? He is, uh, looks like he's trending in the right direction. Do you think that he'll be limited to start the season or he'll be full go? Well, so here's a little bit of a different scenario for Damaris Thomas. He just hurt this last Saturday. So to me, when you hurt the groin, you're looking at two to four weeks really for, for a full recovery. And that's really when you're taking it easy. And we know that as the season kind of gears up, these guys aren't really taking it easy. So I think that for Thomas, this is something that's going to nag him in the first few games and may affect his play and and may affect how many reps he gets and how many times he touches the ball. So um, unlike Tyrell Williams, I do think that this is a bigger issue for him because it's happened so late in the preseason. Yeah, that's the problem when you suffer an injury so late in the preseason. It's really going to impact the early going for Demarius Thomas. Jesse, what do you see the impact being there in Denver? Who's going to pick up the slack for Demarius Thomas uh, to start the year there? Yeah, I mean, if there is any good news, uh, Thomas has got at least 16 days before um, uh, they, the Broncos face off of the charges on Monday night's football. I mean, if it's a grade one or grade two, you know, maybe looking at two to four weeks. Uh, but in terms of, I mean, right now he's currently the 16th uh, wide receiver being taken, which is mid to late third round. So he's, this is a, an important name, important guy. Um, uh, Emmanuel Sanders will be one to step up. 
their third um, wide receiver, Benny Fowler, Jordan Taylor, who's kind of their wide receiver four, and then their tight ends, maybe Virgil Green and A.J. Derby. Uh, I'm not super concerned about Thomas, uh, at least not right now, but if he's you know not in effective by week two, then that's obviously concerning. Uh, I personally am not high on Thomas at all this year just because of Semyon and Lynch and, and, and whatnot, but um, this would probably scare me off a little bit more from him anyway, despite how reliable he's been the past couple of years. Yeah, after Demarius Thomas and Sanders, that's a that's a drop off as far as receiving uh, options there for Trevor Simeon in Denver. We're going to talk about one more player, guys, uh, and he was a late addition to our list here. That's Tyler Lockett. Uh, there's a lot of mystery surrounding Tyler Lockett and what they're calling a leg injury. He's going to undergo an experimental procedure in another country. It's so experimental they won't even do it here in the states. Uh, Dr. Preck, what's your knowledge of this procedure? Uh, what do you, what's your expectations? Obviously, uh, uh, standard treatments have he hasn't responded too well to. So, what do you see here for Tyler Lockett? Yeah, so this is concerning to me that Tyler Lockett is considering an experimental treatment. So let's touch upon a little some of this a little bit. He had a tibia and fibula fracture, which are the shin bone and the smaller bone that go with it, kind of in the lower third of the leg. This happened towards the end of last season, um, and it really became a season-ending injury for him. If he was healing perfectly fine and doing well, you wouldn't be thinking about doing something experimental. So what that means to me, and I haven't seen his x-rays, is that the, the bones are probably struggling to heal. Now, this is an area of everybody's body where the shin bone can struggle to heal. And so they are basically do, sending them out of the country to get something called regenokine, where you basically go, you, you take some blood out of the veins, and you will heat the blood, and then you will re-inject the blood back into the problematic area, hopefully helping to increase the healing uh, of the body itself. Now, in the U.S., you can't do this. You cannot manipulate tissue and then re-inject it back into your body. That is why he has to go out of the country to get this done. Curiously, though, you know, um, K.J. Wright had this regenic process in his knee, swore by it, and now the Seahawks are sending five other players to go get this done. So the Seahawks are standing behind this experimental process, but the bottom line of what I'm trying to tell you is you got to be worried about Lockett. And, and to me, I wouldn't even pick him up. I wouldn't draft him because, to me, there are too many unknown variables here. And even if he makes it back onto the field this season, I don't know how he's going to perform if he's got uh, an issue with the bone healing. Yeah, and in terms of fantasy, Jesse, he only caught one touchdown last year and then ran for another one. Uh, he did, however, stretch the field there for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. How is this going to affect Baldwin, Jimmy Graham uh, in the, this season and stretching that field? And will, Is it going to impact their fantasy value in 2017 if he is to miss time? Yeah, I mean, I liked Lockett last year. He was kind of a sneaky guy. I mean, he didn't quite have the six touchdowns he had in 15, but I mean, he still, despite only having really 41 receptions, he he, he almost had 600 receiving yards, which is impressive. He played all but one game, but now we don't know what's going on with his lower leg. I mean, if you have to fly to Germany for a, a procedure that America doesn't even, you know, the FDA has banned, then obviously there's probably some concern there, meaning that they've failed all regular routine options uh, he's going to be he was supposed to be the third wide receiver behind Baldwin and Paul Richardson uh, so we don't really know where he's going to come back and if he does 
Jimmy Graham will also have to step up, and then their their running back core is kind of up in the air as well. While they have talent with Rawls and Lacey and Procise and even Chris Carson, uh, a lot of people are going to have to step up. Uh, it remains to be seen exactly who is going to be. Maybe Paul Richardson should jump up in the draft a, a little bit. But I, I do like Wilson this year. I just don't know how this is going to impact him in terms of stretching the field. Yeah, I also like Russell Wilson this year. I think that he has a lot of value in drafts, as well as Jimmy Graham, who looks to be fully healthy. Uh, I think both those guys have big fantasy seasons. Uh, That's going to do it for us, guys. Uh, This has been the Fantasy Doctors Podcast. This is our second episode. You can follow Dr. Preck on Twitter at MD, and also follow uh, Dr. Morse on Twitter at Dr. Jesse Morse. And as always, you can get any updates at thefantasydoctors.com. We've been cranking out football content, been very busy, as you know, with all these injuries. And then we have an exciting, exciting launch of our subsidiary, the Fantasy Doctors Analytics, which we're looking to launch on Labor Day weekend. And we have a big promotion that we're going to announce uh, this week sometime. So uh, keep a lookout for that. That's a very exciting and groundbreaking project. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. We should be on iTunes this week, so go there and subscribe uh, and leave a review. Uh, This is the Penny C. Doctors Podcast, and we'll see you next time.